Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Active team members. We're no longer sitting on the sidelines. We're no longer those people spectating. See, many people have the idea of the church incorrectly. And here's what people say when they walk through the doors. What are you going to do for me? Well, I don't like that over there. I like that over there. Man, can't you do something for me? Let me just inform you real kindly this morning. This church is not about you. This church is about God. So that's because we're selfish in nature. Well, they didn't take care of my Lord, help us. The Bible in several places in the New Testament likens the universal church to a body, with each person serving as a part of the functioning whole. We are warned against being a malfunctioning part and encouraged to ask God where our place in the local body is, and then to get in there and do the work we're called to do. Pastor Mark will be teaching about Jesus sending out of the 72 disciples to do work in His name. We'll learn the importance of having the proper attitude in seeking our proper place, as well as understanding that all of the success is to make Jesus look good and not for personal ego strokes. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he begins his message, Every Christ Follower Has Been Gifted to Serve and Change Their World. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10 in your Bibles. This afternoon, all over the world, stadiums will be filled with sports fans cheering their team on. Well, maybe not the Dolphins, but other (laughs) sports teams. That's already gone. They are spectators who are not involved in the game at all, but simply sit on the sidelines watching others do life. Do you know this morning that many Christians treat Christianity as a spectator sport? They spend their time on the sidelines, in the seats, instead of serving with their gifts. But that is not at all how God designed the church First thing I want you to write this morning is this. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Now watch what happens in Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed Jesus 72, circle this word, others. And he sent them two by two ahead of him to go into every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask, which means pray, 
The Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. We discover something new. These 72 others are not the 12 disciples. They're not the apostles. Jesus calls other followers. Many followed him. So these are just people that previously had been, quote, sitting in the stands. They weren't really involved in ministry at all. And he, it's like on that day, if, if that crowd of people was there, he says, I want you and, and you 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 know, when he got doing 72, they came out of the stands. And he says, I'm sending you to do ministry for me. See, as they walked away from people, they probably said something like this. I'm no longer what? I'm no longer sitting in the seat. I'm going to be doing ministry. I'm no longer a spectator. Would you take that little finger of yours? You like to do this. And write to that neighbor say, I'm no longer a spectator. Go ahead, everybody. Come on. I'm no longer a spectator. You see, Jesus is setting a principle way back then with 72 people. This is how the church functions. Jesus wants every Christ follower to be involved in the church locally, then outside the church. So here's the title of today's teaching. Write it down if you would. Every Christ follower, key word you're going to hear all day today, gifted to serve and to change their world. Today we want to learn about three types of gifts that God has designed to make sure his church functions properly. This is God's design. This is not Calvary Chapel's design or Baptist Church or Presbyterian, anybody. This is God's design. Now, I have a couple of verses. Here was the first one. Paul writes it. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. So what Paul is saying is, I want you to understand the gifts that are available that you can use. Then he divides it like this. He gives us a picture of the church is simply a body of people. A church is definitely not anything but that. Watch what he does. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, the church. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. We're interconnected. In his grace, notice the word grace. That's why these are going to be called grace gifts. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So in every church... Remember, church, big C, is the body of Christ that holds to the fundamentals all over the world. Little C is our local churches. So in that local church, in our church right here in Melbourne, God gifts all of us together so that the body can function. These spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to every single one of you. And it's to meet the needs of that local body. And that makes us 
active team members. We're no longer sitting on the sidelines. We're no longer those people spectating. See, many people have the idea of the church incorrectly. And here's what people say when they walk through the doors. What are you going to do for me? Well, I don't like that over there. I like that over there. Man, can't you do something for me? Let me just inform you real kindly this morning. This church is not about you. This church is about God. So that's because we're selfish in nature. Well, they didn't take care of my Lord, help us. So what you're going to see is that never like that. It's never like that. Can you imagine if something wrong with your body? And your body's all your, I have this thing called trigger thumb. It's some kind of stupid thing. I got to have surgery. Well, can you imagine? It's all about me. It's all about me. It isn't all about this thumb. It's the rest of our whole body has to function together. Do you get it? So see, most of the church kind of sits on the side. You're not like that. Thousands of you are not like that. You're you're involved in the game. It's fantastic. So uh, as you walk through this, notice, I'm going to give you this morning three different categories of gifts. And it's not exhaustive. There's others, but these are the major. So it'd be good for you to write these three down. So because you have at least one gift in this first category, motivational gifts. So there's seven motivational gifts. We'll see that from the book of Romans. Every Christ follower has how many? At least how many? One. Now you have somebody next to you say, Pesmog, I don't have any gifts, not at all. You're wrong. Every Christ follower has one of these motivational gifts. Number two, manifestation gifts found in 1 Corinthians 12. These are supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit. All kinds of gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gifts of healing, all those things. When you're filled with the Spirit, that opens the door to those. And the last one, I'm going to spend some time on this one this morning, for ministry gift. These are actually people who are leading the churches. And they're gifted spiritual Leaders. So those are the major three categories of gifts. Now I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Now if you turn to Ephesians 4, watch this. Verse 11. It was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastor teachers. There are the four ministry gifts. God gave his church four gifted spiritual leader types. Now, why did he do this? Look at verse 11. To prepare God's people for works of service. So I put on the overhead for you. When you think about this, let me just say this. Why did God, I have, I have the gift of a pastor teacher. It's not something I pursued. It's a gift. God gave it to me before I was even born. I didn't even know it. So that's just a gift I have. And let me just say this up front. So you hear me say it many times. Everyone has a gift. Nobody's better than anybody else. Zero. Everybody's equal. Some gifts have more involvement with people, but we're all exactly equal. The only one that's worthy to be praised is God. So when you see a leader, don't misunderstand this. It's just a gift, but God gives it. Now, why did Jesus give ministry leaders? Why did God give our local campus, all the other campuses, pastors? Why did he do it? To equip who? To equip who? Raise your hand if you're talking about you. 
Exactly. So what does it mean to equip you? It means to teach you. It means to train you to be like Jesus. That's why he gave these ministry leaders to mature you through training and teaching. Now, here's a second question. Why are the people to be equipped? Why do you need to be mature? What is God after? To serve. To serve. Now, see, people have this wrong. Pastor teachers feed the flock of God on the word of God, and as a result, the people are spiritually healthy. And this well-fed, well-loved people then are equipped to do ministry. Make sure you understand this statement. Most people think the people that are going to do ministry are the pastors. We're going to do all the ministry. That's 100% wrong. Who does the ministry? You do the ministry. Now, as a private individual, when I'm not here, of course, I'm doing it in my own individual life. But we're here to equip you to do the ministry. 10,000 of you can do way more than I could do. And you're gifted with all these things and I'm not gifted at all. If I was here and I was putting this HD thing together, you'd have a blank wall and you wouldn't maybe even hear me or see me. I have none of those gifts. So understand this morning, most people get it wrong. You do the work in the ministry. You need to understand this principle. Every single Christian is a minister. Now, it doesn't mean you have the teaching gift, but you're to serve to minister. Remember when Jesus came, what did he say? I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. That's our role model. So gifts and serving, they just go together. Now, here's the last question. Look at verse 12. So that the body of Christ may be what? Built up. So why is it important to serve? So that the church will be healthy. We need every Christian serving with their gifts. I'll explain those gifts later and how to have a test to find out where you're at. Because that makes the church function the way it should function. Now, look at verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become, key word, mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The standard is Christ. So God's plan is simply this. God uses ministry gifts, in this particular case, me, other pastors here, obviously, pastor teachers to equip the people. The goal of equipping you is to challenge you through the word of God to be, think, and minister like Jesus. Remember, Jesus is sending these 72 out in Luke chapter 10, to represent him, to make the way available for him to come. Today, you are Jesus in our world. Every single one of you are Jesus. Remember when he left, he said to his disciples, greater things will you do than I did. Now, Jesus spent a lot of time teaching and mentoring his disciples Basically, here's how to go into the real world and share the gospel. Now, when you are well-fed and well-taught and well-loved, you're healthy spiritually. And here's something you need to understand. It's a simple phrase, but it's wonderful. Healthy sheep reproduce. 
When you're healthy, you're going to be using your gift. Initially, it's used inside the church to make the church function together. But eventually, it goes outside. See, most of the people, understand what I'm going to say to you. Most people think the focus of the church is evangelism, getting the lost saved. That is not correct. The focus of the church is initially and underground here, kind of the foundation, always teaching people to be healthy, to be in the word, to be like Jesus. And then they, including myself, when I'm not here doing this, they go and evangelize the world. Do you get it? See, that's why I spend time teaching you. This week, I got invited. I just went late on Tuesday night, and I flew to Brussels. I taught in an amazing church in Brussels. As you already heard how godless Europe is, 3,000 member church in Brussels. Fantastic. So I got to teach two days and whatever, and uh, I've been two sessions, and I flew back, and I was here Friday. And uh, going up to Newark and coming back from Newark, I got to sit with two guys next to me. I pray for divine appointments. I had an hour and a half conversation with one, and I had an hour conversation with another. And both of them, one was Catholic, and one was Episcopal. And we were just talking about stuff and whatever. And uh, he said uh, in, this, in the service, both of them, because their form of worship is kind of the same, their pastor, their priest, whatever, has about six to seven minutes to teach the people. Because there's so much other things to do. And uh, some of you are saying right now, where's the closest church? I know you. Cut it out. How many are glad I teach for an hour? Come on. Okay. Bless you, my son, right now. Just bless you. And I said to one of the guys, I said, I guarantee you that priest is frustrated. Because he could definitely teach for 45 minutes. It's not about an hour. He could definitely teach because he knows why he's supposed to be there. But they just don't. I'm not making fun. They just don't allow him to do it. Praise God. We have the freedom to teach you so you can be six minutes. Six minutes. By the way, there's no clock back there. There's one over here somewhere. Oh, there it is. Uh, Six minutes. I've already done two weeks of teaching. Go Have a nice week. See you. Don't you dare leave. So understand. If we're healthy, and this is, man doesn't live by bread alone. You heard me already pray it, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Now, I'm not going to teach you two hours. I'm not stupid. But, you know, when we understand that, the church exists to equip people to grow to maturity so you can expand and use your gift to expand the kingdom of God. Now, that means you can never be a spectator, but serving and changing your world. Now, watch what happens. Next thing I want you to write. You never stop growing. It says, until we all become mature. When are you going to be mature? When you get to heaven. We never stop growing. Uh, I've been a Christian, as you know, 67 years. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still learning to do things better, use my time better. Now, think of this verse, this, this, this key principle. Growing Christ followers are always learning and serving with their gifts. Not somebody else's. Their gifts. Now, I want to just take a moment to dissect kind of our HD project. Why did we have to do the HD project? <clears throat> because we're video campuses and our cameras were, were so many years old, couldn't get parts, broke down, 
And as I already told you, there was no way for us to function. And the poor people online couldn't find. So we did all of this to help 10,000 people be trained better. This is just wonderful. It happens to be big and all those kind of things. By the way, when we did this, remember, this and getting rid of part of a loan is a $2 million project. Even as we gave this challenge to you to give a few months ago, uh, one of the companies came back to us. We had picked a lens for these cameras that you can see here. No more bulbs in the back that you have to do. And it's all digital and whatever, you know, laser, actually. Uh, this company, we picked the middle company because we couldn't afford the other one. They came back to us after I announced it on the weekend and said, we'll match the other price. I think it was $75,000. We'll just match it. We have the only laser new thing of any church in the whole United States because they want to use us. That, that's, that's God's favor. This is not a Christian company. That's God's favor. So let me ask you a question this morning. Have you prayed about what to give? We said, Pastor Mark, that's for other people. Really, like, are you sitting there? Are you watching? Thousands of you are watching right now. Hello. You say, well, why do you do this? Because we're a family. Please pray and give. We've got another four weeks to finish this thing. We need your help. So that's all you're going to hear. I don't have charts up here. I don't do a rah-rah. I'm just trying to say to you, this is your family stuff. We're making God look good. So pray and give. You say, well, I can't give much. Whatever God tells you. I'm not your God. Give. Be generous. You've always been generous before. Thank you. Now, anybody still love me? I don't care. Here we go. <laughs> Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Remember, we started this church 23 years ago with not a dime. The first Sunday we had service, I thought I ended up paying for the hotel that we met in. But God, from that day, has always come through. Don't ever forget this. You will never outgive God. So just be generous. Thank you. Romans 12. Now, I'm going to spend time here quickly, but these are called the motivational gifts. Every Christian has one of these. Of course, not every one of you is a pastor, teacher, an evangelist, whatever. Now, look at verse 4. Just as each of us has one body in many members, and these members do not all have the same function... So in Christ, we, uh, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to the other. So all Paul is saying is this, the church is a living body made of real people. It's not an organization. It's not a building. It's not a denomination. It is a body. Now look at 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The body is a unit. Speaking of your body, my body, the church. Though it is made up of many parts, many people with lots of gifting, just like your body is hand, arm, ears, face, whatever. And though all of its parts are many, they form one body. We hope that the message encouraged you to find a local body of Christ if you don't have one, and then to ask God to show you your place in it. This teaching from Pastor Mark was probably difficult to hear, but that's because the Bible's way of doing things runs counter to what we hear around us all the time. We pray that you would spend time in prayer and in action to help make your local body of Christ the best that it can be. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Next time, Pastor Mark will be teaching more about the purposes of the gifts God has made available to the body of Christ. He'll be talking about the different types of gifts and how they're expressed in the daily life of the church. Hopefully you'll be educated and encouraged to explore the possibilities that this life of service to Christ, your brothers and sisters, and the world will open up to you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.